أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وعباد الرحمن الذين يمشون على الأرض هونا وإذا خاطبهم الجاهلون قالوا سلاما والذين يبيتون لربهم سجدا وقياما والذين يقولون ربنا اصرف عنا عذاب جهنم إن عذابها كان غراما إنها ساءت مستقرا ومقاما صدق الله العظيم This topic of disputes and quarrels etc to round it off to the inshallah one very important aspect is one is as we have been discussing over these past few days of trying to stay out of getting caught up in disputes getting caught up in arguments unnecessarily or small little things getting involved in quarreling and disputing about them but what is also extremely important is that we do not allow such situations to crop up as far as possible in terms of how we manage issues and organize our affairs so that we don't get into disputes we don't leave disputes behind the day we are not around and one of the crucial aspects in this regard is especially in terms of our muamalat our monetary dealings that they should be complete clarity there should not be any kind of ambiguity in what went on or what is the reality of some deal or some ownership of some item these things should be very very clear and to the extent that things are clear the lesser the chances are of any disputes cropping up regarding them and when things are just taken for granted especially sometimes in business matters when there are several people involved in the same business family businesses then everything is just taken for granted if somebody has to ask the question also that who does this really belong to say it's ours Now, who is ours ours is there's nobody by the name of ours hours and minutes is in the clock so who really owns this how much is the so and so partner in this business or oh, is he working here he says no it's ours well don't worry it's all ours so at that time it's all ours but then when something goes amiss when something is not going smoothly then suddenly it's mine all this while it was ours and everybody now is at loggerheads to get whatever they can and grab whatever they can this becomes a major problem and leads to a great amount of misery and hardship for everyone it results in breaking of family ties and untold difficulties come from it so especially in business matters there needs to be that complete clarity and more so in family businesses in the teachings of deen this is not a hadith sharif the wording is not the hadith sharif but this is an extraction of the teachings of deen that ta'amalu ta'asharu kal ikhwan 
that live with one another like brothers. In terms of day-to-day life, how to treat one another, what consideration to give one another, what kind of preference to give the other over oneself. In all these type of things, in terms of day-to-day life, in general living, then live like brothers. Even if you are strangers, live like brothers. If you are just companions who are not related to one another, then to live like brothers. In this aspect of giving consideration to one another, making ikram of one another, etc. But when it comes to dealing, but if you are dealing, there's a transaction that's taking place, there is some partnership agreement, there is whatever else, some business venture that is taking place, then deal like strangers, even if you're dealing with your own brother. Then deal like strangers in the sense that if a person has to get into some transaction with a complete stranger, then he is very careful to make sure everything is clear. There is nothing that is left ambiguous. So, in the same manner, that clarity should be there. After that clarity is there, and everything is now clear-cut, who's owning what, whose rights are what, then a person may take his whole right and give it away to if he wishes. Afterwards, he may give as much as he wishes. But the transaction must be completely clear. That partnership agreement, for example, must be completely clear. What are the shares, who owns how much. Otherwise, then this gives rise to so many problems. And this is not some isolated issue. This is almost like an everyday thing. That, and it causes unto, and especially if it is a family business, then this results, the fallout comes into the family itself. And then immediate relatives become estranged from one another, ties are broken, and whatnot carries on. Then the other thing is, the aspect of definition of ownership, even in one's own house, every item must be known, what belongs to who. And if it is something that is owned jointly, then it must be known accordingly. That this is owned jointly. Otherwise, especially when now somebody has passed away. So this becomes a major problem. And then this leads to so many disputes. And then, unfortunately, many a times, then that thought doesn't even cross the mind that this is my relative, or this is even my own brother. And Allah forbid sometimes... The surviving parent, if somebody, one person has passed away, people don't even consider that this is my own mother, this is my own father. One needs to have that heart, like Hazrat Dr. Abdul Hayy Rahmatullahi, once he's sitting in a majlis with others all around him, and one relative of his comes and enters at the door. And as he enters the door, from there, person who was not very close to deen, any case, but he was a close family member, from the door he started using all kinds of vulgar languages against Dr. Saab. And whatever he wanted to say and whatever words could come in his mouth, and he is just going on. And all along, Dr. Abdul Rahmatullah is saying to him, Bye, maaf ki dear, meri ghalti ho gayi. Please forgive me, my mistake. And he carried on, this person doesn't want to stop. And he is repeatedly saying, please forgive me, my mistake, and I will sort it out. 
any case, after some time, this fellow kept quiet and he went away. After he went away, Dr. Abdul Sahib Rahmatullah addressed those who were there. Now they are all observing this whole drama going on. But because he would not allow anybody to say anything, nobody had the courage to say anything to or do anything. He said, look, this person is in a total misconception. What he's talking about, there's no basis for any such thing. And I have got nothing to do with it. So it was very easy for me to shut him down. But he's after all my relative. And the rights of relatives are very great. So I accepted it as my mistake. Whereas what he's talking about is totally baseless. I have got nothing to do with the issue he's talking about. Now that is somebody with a heart of that nature. Unfortunately, that is a very rare thing, illa mashallah, that somebody will be able to accept it in that manner. He's being abused and vulgar languages are being used at him and he's got nothing to do with the issue. He's not responsible for what he's being spoken about and he still says, no, it's my mistake. And the reason simply is that this is a relative, the relatives have rights. So such people with such hearts, maybe they're nowadays also, inshallah, but nevertheless, these things become very, very complicated afterwards. And even if it can be then resolved very easily, by the time it gets resolved, the damage that has been done to family relations and whatever else, that is something sometimes take a very, very long time to repair them. So therefore, this requires that we are very, very clear in our dealings, very clear in the ownership of issues. The aspect perhaps we discussed that of the Muslim Shafi Sahib as well, that towards the latter part of his life, he had become bedridden. So he had confined himself to one room, separate room, from where he would do all his work, Madesa work as well, while on his bed. And he had separated this room so that people who had to come and go for all the work would be easy for them. So anytime anybody brought anything for him to eat, to drink from the, from the house, after that utensil was used, whatever was to be eaten was eaten, then he would become very insistent that please take this away now. So he would now immediately instruct somebody, whoever brought it or somebody else, please take this away back. So Mufti Taqi Sahib says that one day I brought something, presented it to him to eat or whatever. So after that he said, please take this back. I said, okay, just now I was just attending to something else. I said, just now I'll take it. So after a while again he said, please take this. So when this didn't happen immediately, the third time he said it with a lot of firmness. And to some extent he was expressing his annoyance at this now. Taqi Sahib says that I inquired, this is after all one cup now. Yes, now we'll take it back. Why you become so perturbed when this is not returned immediately? It's after all in the same house. It needs to be sent back to the kitchen or whatever. So he says, I have already made it clear in my will that whatever is in this room, this belongs to me. And anything in the rest of the house doesn't belong to me. I've already given it away to whoever. What I've given to your mother or whatever the case is, it doesn't belong to me anymore. Now if this one cup gets left here and I suddenly pass away, now I've already written in my will that whatever is inside this room is mine. This will get included in my estate just now. And it doesn't belong to me. So, 
how can this be allowed to happen? Now, this was the extent of this clarity. That who owns what? What is the position of each item? So this clarity is extremely necessary so that there isn't any problem, any disputes. One is to stay out of, anybody is creating a dispute to stay out of it. But we don't leave our matters in such a way that gives rise to disputes. Either while we are around or later after we are gone. There needs to be total clarity in all these aspects. So this is that very great lesson which stems from this aspect of humility and together with this humility Allah Ta'ala says that they remain free from all these issues they don't get caught up in these things then the next ayat Allah Ta'ala says regarding the attributes of these Ibadur Rahman the servants of Rahman that those who spend their nights in ibadat of Allah Ta'ala in sajda standing in front of Allah Ta'ala, prostrating in front of Him, this is their way that they spend at least some portion of their nights in the worship of Allah Ta'ala. That these are Ibadur Rahman. They are the special servants of Allah Ta'ala. And the special servants of Allah Ta'ala, they give special time for the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. One is the duty. One is that a person has to clock in certain time. So you know, he clocks in on time and he has to leave only after a certain time or by a certain time. So he doesn't go before time. So he's fulfilling his duty properly. MashaAllah, the employer is going to be very pleased that this person comes on time, he doesn't shirk in his work and then he doesn't leave before time. He's completing his time. So that is one person. But then there's another employee that in the interests of that business, that the time is up, but there's a customer that's walking in, so he says, fine, doesn't matter the time is up, I'll attend to this person and then go. Or there's some work to still be completed, which might be a little bit urgent, so he says, don't leave it for tomorrow, time is up, it'll take me another 10 minutes, I will complete this. Now over time, the employer is observing this also. Now both, nobody is shirking, but are both equal, both receive the same attention and affection of this employer and when the time for that bonus comes, would both get the same bonus? It's obvious the person who gave special time, who went out of his way. This is the issue of the nawafil. The faraiz, this is farz. This is something that there is no option in. A mu'min, he doesn't compromise this at all. But then does that person who goes beyond what is the compulsory aspects. So the person who gives special time gets special attention. So this is that special time that the Ibadur Rahman give. That they wake up at night, وَالَّذِينَ يَبِيتُونَ يَبِيتُونَ means the part of the night. And why this night in particular? This is a time of ghaflat generally. People are in their deep slumber. And at that time, this person wakes up to Remember Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. He leaves his bed to worship Allah Ta'ala. This is something which Allah Ta'ala loves very dearly and therefore Allah Ta'ala mentions this as a special quality of the Ibadur Rahman. In the hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gives very great encouragement towards this tahajjud salah. In one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, Alaykum, Alaykum bi qiyam al-layl. 
hold fast onto this qiyamul layl standing up in the night this salah of tahajjud why fa innahu da'bus salihin qablakum this has been the way of all the pious people before you nobody has reached any special rank of piety the general rank of piety person completes his farais completes his wajibat he completes the sunnat muakkada he stays away from haram then he is also a muttaqi and he is also a wali of allah taala a person who has thus done this much he is fulfilling all his farais his wajibat and sunnat muakkada and he stays away from all sin and allah forbid if he slips some way he immediately makes tauba and this person too is a muttaqi and he is a wali of allah taala because this is taqwa and in awliya'uhu illa al-muttaqun the friends of allah taala are the muttaqin he is a muttaqi also and he is a friend of allah taala but any special rank of wilayat has not been attained without qiyamul layl also being part of that program of that person's life so this is something which allah taala makes special mention of and in another ayat in surah al-muzammil also other place in the quran sharif allah taala speaks about those tatajafa junubuhum anil madaji' that the servants of allah taala their backs stay away from their beds are separated from their beds yad'una rabbahum khawfan wa tama'a and they are beseeching allah taala in hope and in fear the fear of allah taala is there also but they have great hope in allah taala as well so this is something a very special ibadat so nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says fa innahu da'bus salihin qablakum this is the way of all the pious people before you wa huwa qurbatun lakum ila wa huwa qurbatun ila rabbikum this is a means of gaining closeness to allah taala so now the general closeness will come with this basic level as we discussed but this is being what is being mentioned here is a special closeness that special closeness of allah taala together with all the other basics this brings a very special close, closeness and further nabi islam says wa mukaffiratun lis-sayyi'at that this is a means of the forgiveness of your sins and something beyond that in medicine there are some medications which are for the purpose of relieving the problem treating the ailment so a person is ill So now he is taking some medicine in order to relieve the symptoms that he is suffering from or the problem that he is experiencing. And then there are certain medications which are preventative. At that point in time, a person is not ill yet; he is not suffering from that particular aspect. But sometimes it happens that a person has, for example, a heart ailment. So now the ailment is he is suffering from is a heart ailment. He's got a heart condition. but he's given certain other medications to keep for example his pressure always at normal whereas at the moment he's not suffering from any high blood pressure issue but this medication is given on a preventative basis because if that becomes a problem with his heart condition it might become very complicated he hasn't got a pressure problem but he's been given preventative medication so sometimes the medication is to treat the illness and sometimes it is preventative tahajjud is both tahajjud is mukaffiratun lis-sayyi'at a person has fallen into some wrong 
he has erred, he has made some mistakes, tahajjud relieves him of that burden of that sin. And it gets that out of his system by getting it forgiven. Mukaffiratun lisayyat. And it is a preventative medication also. Amanhatun anil ism. And it is a barrier and it prevents a person from sins. It is a safeguard against sins. The tahajjud has that effect in it. That with the barakat of this ibadat, he will be protected and safeguarded from sins. So what a great ibadat and what great virtues and blessings. That all this is combined in one ibadat. That it is a means of getting the closeness to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala getting one's sins forgiven and a means of prevention from sins. Like a person going out in a dangerous place and this he's wearing his bulletproof jacket. This is the jacket, bulletproof jacket from the arrows of shaitan. This is that bulletproof jacket from all the attacks of nafs. So this is a very great ibadat. The real time and the actual time of this ibadat is the last, the second half of the night and mainly the last one third portion of the night. Or in principle, after a person has slept to wake up and perform tahajjud. So even though it might not be necessarily that last portion of the night, but he has slept and then wakes up to remember Allah Ta'ala. But a person feels that this is now something very difficult for me. So even the door is open for everyone to be taking the benefit of this great ibadat of Qiyamul Layl. One is the ideal and the best level of Qiyamul Layl and Tahajjud, this is this last one third of the night. And that is the special time where Allah Ta'ala himself also proclaims that is there anybody seeking forgiveness, I may forgive him. Anybody seeking sustenance, I may grant him sustenance. Anybody seeking relief from his problems, I may give him relief from his problems. So that is a very special time of dua as well. But Qiyamul Layl, the entry level if you may call it, the entry level of Qiyamul Layl, or as Hazrat Mawlana Abraul Haqsa so explain it, that one is the late night tahajjud, that is the biryani. But a person who is hungry and he eats dal roti also, this too will fill his stomach, it will keep him going. He won't get the same taste of that biryani and that dal roti. He won't have all those extras that go along with it. But his stomach will get full also. He will also have the energy. So that entry level of it is that after Isha, at any time after Isha, he's performed his Isha Salah, two rakats, four rakats, six rakats, whatever Allah Ta'ala gives him tawfiq, the minimum obviously is two rakats. With the niyat of Qiyamul Layl, two rakats nafili performs. So the simple procedure would be, person has performed his Isha, performed his two rakats sunnat, thereafter at least two rakats nafil with the niyat of Qiyamul Layl. This too will get him included in all these benefits, though at the basic level. But this too is a very great thing. And he becomes included among those who have stood in the night. So this is such a simple thing. Without that any difficulty, you know, how, how long it takes to perform the two rakats, a person is in the masjid or wherever he is, he is he's performing his isha salah, he's performed his sunnats, now to perform another two rakats nafil. So what time will that take? The two rakats will take three minutes, 
two and a half minutes, three minutes, four minutes at the most, if he recited short surahs. But for that three minutes, four minutes, what is he getting in return? He is taking this medication to relieve his symptoms, he is taking preventative medication. For the greatest problem that we have of sin. So this is something that we should never allow to go by. As we discussed last night, the aspect of laziness, that when laziness creeps in, then simple amal also we get deprived from. So now a person just for that extra three minutes now becomes lazy and he says, well, tomorrow. Then it becomes that same tomorrow, that tomorrow which never comes. So the thing is that little bit of effort to pressure the nafs at that time and say, this I'm going to do now. The nafs will say, no, okay, you're going to wake up with tahajjud later. He say, if I wake up later, alhamdulillah. But this I'm going to do now. And many of our kabir never miss their tahajjud at night. Unless some extreme situation. They never miss their tahajjud at night. And together with that, they never ever missed out this two rakas also. As a safeguard, that just in case that tahajjud gets missed, at least this happened. Though they were very punctual with that tahajjud late at night, but together with that, just in case that gets missed, at least this has happened, this has taken place. So, a very, very simple prescription to become part of those who Allah Ta'ala describes in this ayat, that وَالَّذِينَ يَبِيتُونَ لِرَبِّهِمْ سُجَّدًا وَقِيَامًا This person also has been included. And then together with that, Allah Ta'ala's mercy is so great, that a person who has performed his Isha Salah with Jama'ah, Allah Ta'ala gives him the reward of performing half the night ibadat. After Isha, he went to sleep. But if he performed his Isha Salah with Jama'ah, this is not anything to do with Tahajjud, but nevertheless, ibadat of the night. Now, he didn't get that ability and strength to make ibadat for half the night, but he got the reward of that. How? Such a simple way that he made sure he performed his Isha Salah with Jama'ah. And then he performs his Fajr Salah with Jama'ah. Now that little effort he made to come out of his house and make sure he gets to the masjid and perform his Fajr Salah with Jama'ah, he is now counted as somebody who made Ibadat the whole night. Whereas he slept for 95% of that night. But now he is getting the reward of Ibadat of the whole night. This is Allah Ta'ala's unlimited mercy and unlimited grace. That on these small little efforts that his bandhas make, as we have discussed about that little couplet, Rahmat-e Haq Bahanami Joyad. Rahmat-e Haq Bahanami Joyad. Allah Ta'ala's Rahmat just looks for excuses. Allah Ta'ala creates the excuses for his bandhas. But this little bit, we'll have to walk that one step. We will have to walk that one step. Even in the mu'jizat, the miracles of the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam. This miracle is something that is manifested at the hand of a Nabi. It is from Allah Ta'ala's side. And it's something totally beyond anybody's doing. It is something Allah Ta'ala makes apparent. But in that also, Allah Ta'ala makes that Nabi do something. Allah Ta'ala caused the sea to split for Musa alayhi salatu But told him, you hit the, you take your stick and hit it. This much you do. The rest we'll do. The barakat that came in the food at the time of the battle of the trench. 
that Hazrat Jabir came and gave Nabi Islam Dawud. He said, please, just ten people, five, ten people, so much little food we have. Nabi Islam told the whole army that the Jabir has given you a Dawud. Over a thousand people. But Nabi Islam told him that don't dish out anything from that pot till I come. And that dough that is ready to bake that bread. So just get some others to help your family, but wait <coughs> till I get there. And then the Beast recited something and put his Mubarak saliva in that food and then himself continued to dish out or he asked them to continue dishing out. But this much was done that that food had to be cooked. That much which was sufficient for five people that was that effort was made to make that food for the five people. That baking of that bread, that process continued. And after over a thousand people ate, it seemed like there was more food left over than what was originally there. But that much effort had to be made. So even when the mu'ajizat, such major miracles were manifested, that to Allah Ta'ala made the Nabi of his, put some effort of his in it also. So with that one little effort, Allah Ta'ala opened such a big door out of it. So likewise, we will have to take one step also. We will have to make that little effort. Now, person wants to do nothing and still expect everything. That is now, they say, pushing the limit too far. Allah Ta'ala also has a system. Allah Ta'ala has some nizam. That a person must show some talab. He must show some effort from his side, some inclination that he wants to gain this closeness to Allah Ta'ala. So he's taking this one step. مَنْ تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ شِبْرًا تَقَرَّبْتُ إِلَيْهِ زِرَاعًا وَمَنْ تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ زِرَاعًا تَقَرَّبْتُ إِلَيْهِ بَاعًا وَمَنْ أَتَانِ يَمْشِي أَتَيْتُهُ هَرْوَلَةً A person comes one palm's length, Allah Ta'ala comes one hand's length, meaning Allah Ta'ala special rahmat. He took that one step, and then he comes walking, Allah Ta'ala's rahmat comes rushing, but he'll have to walk to get that rahmat rushing. So this is this little effort, hardly any effort involved. No effort actually. And what is two, three minutes, person will now, out of laziness, leave that because now he's going to spend this three minutes. And then he'll go and stand and join the PPC outside. He calls it the PPC, the Pavement Panchat Jamaat. PPC, Pavement Panchat Club. So he will go and join that PPC outside and he'll spend 33 minutes there. So he was too lazy for this three minutes, but he'll go and spend 33 minutes outside in whatever other discussions. So this little effort from our side, and Allah Ta'ala's rahmat then comes towards the person and opens so many doors for him. So this is the quality Allah Ta'ala speaks about the people who are the special servants of Rahman. وَالَّذِينَ يَقُولُونَ رَبَّنَا اصْرِفْ عَنَّا عَذَابَ جَهَنَّمْ إِنَّ عَذَابَهَا كَانَ غَرَامًا إِنَّهَا سَاءَتْ مُسْتَقَرَّ وَمُقَامًا And together with this ibadat that they perform, they go beyond what is the compulsory ibadat. They are even waking up at the late part of the night. But with all this, they don't become heedless. And they don't regard themselves as having now become immune from anything or that they are safe from every punishment they are all the time still very concerned. And as a result, they beseech Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah, save us from this fire of Jahannam. This is a very severe thing. Ya Allah, you protect us from this. They are not 
heedless and they are not totally devoid of any fear, they are still concerned. And therefore, they are beseeching Allah Ta'ala all the time that, Ya Allah, please protect us from this azab of Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Subhanallah, bihamdihi, subhanakallah, bihamdihi. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah.